0: yeah don't be scared at 24 i'm looking forward to 30 because i feel like when i'm by the time i'm 30 like everything will be the way i want it to be by then so i have high hopes for this so you're just entering a new chapter they say 30s are better than your 20s because you have all the knowledge and the money or whatever
1: hi i'm aaron and welcome to the hip hop hustle podcast where we explore well you guessed it hip hop I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under hip hop hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. There we go. We're recording. We're live. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. Uh, I've got a young up and coming artist, but kind of like kind of mature artist at the same time, Metallic Alec. I had to actually really focus on getting the name right because I said to my friends the other day and I fucked it up completely. I'm starting to become known for fucking up names. It's an unfortunate thing as a podcast host to start being known for making mistakes on your podcast, but Metallic Alec, he is on the show. Uh, Definitely someone to to watch. And the great news is, and something that I've definitely noticed is that in terms of your evolution as an artist, you're definitely getting better and you're definitely evolving your sound. And also we just spoke about it right now, but your album, a new album is about to drop. And when this podcast is out, it will have already dropped. So, what is it called, my man? I'm going to give you the early shout out. We usually do plugs at the end. We'll plug it at the end as well. But what's the album called? When's it coming out? What's the plan for it?
0: I respect it. I appreciate you. Um, the new album is called All I Can Take. And it will, it will be available on all music platforms within the next hour. Um, it's my ninth project. Like you mentioned a minute ago with the whole evolution thing. You know, I've really been doing this for a very long time. And when I first started doing this in like 2015 I would look up to you know all these different artists and be like well how do they do this and how do they do that?" and I would have all these questions and I wasn't really able to receive the answers to those questions at years and years later um and the thing with the progression thing like you know I put out I have a catalog of at least 150 songs at this point and I don't really feel like my music reached a level to where it was like kind of good until like the last year or two so I've been working really hard for this for a very long time.
1: I hate to break it to you, man, but I think it might be already out because I don't know about you, but I actually can see it on Spotify right now. So oh, really? I check, yeah, I check Spotify. You can check while we're on, but hey. I can see it right now. It's 11 tracks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's out now.
1: Sound now, so make sure you listen to it because I was listening to it before. I was like, oh my god, could it be a second album release? Nah, it's definitely all I can take. And there are some great tracks on there. Alec vs. Alex, Alec, Alec vs. Alec dropped earlier. You've got the music video as well for that, which is really sick. And you're in the snow and you're throwing money in the air. It's like the classic hip-hop shit, which I love. But man, you know, okay. how did it feel to have an album drop? Because like it's so much work before it comes out and now it's officially out and you can kind of just push the promo for it.
0: I think I'm a little more excited with this project uh, for starters because I can just look back on it and like, you know, I really, really took my time with this album. I love every song. I just, there's so many different aspects of things that had to align with this project. And I feel like I nailed it in that aspect, as opposed to, the other eight projects that are out when it's like yeah this could have been better that could have been better and to this day I don't really listen to them as much but when I do go back from it's like ah, I just feel start feeling like anxiety building up but with this one I'm real comfortable with delivering the product to the world and the state that it's in um I'm just excited to see what it's going to do you know at this point I'm still independent so everything is still on me but I know You know, years from now, when I look back on this project, I'm like, you know, I did my thing on that one. And as you you mentioned, there were a few uh, lead-up singles, like, you know, Name Right, Time, Gotta Fill It, uh, Right or Wrong, Alec vs. Alec. Like, all those songs, like, this has been in the works for at least a year and a half, you know? And Alec vs. Alec was the first song I recorded for this album, August 2020, so it's been almost a year and a half.
1: Yeah, that is a long time. I mean, but part of me feels you said that, like, you look back on your previous tracks and your previous projects, and you kind of cringe a little bit, it makes you feel anxious. I have a feeling that's just you developing as an artist. Like, I think every artist would go through that. No, is there a period do you think that even as good as this album is, it may be the best album that you've ever done, but like you still want to grow and you still want to get better? And so, you may still look back on this at some point in your career and go, I love this album at the time. But now I'm just a completely different artist. Like, I wonder if Drake has that feeling or if I wonder, like, he looks back and goes, gee, some of that shit was just, it just is cringeworthy. And now I'm just a completely different artist.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's the vicious cycle, obviously within myself and all the other greats as well. That was one of my, one of the first things I did when I started doing this. Like, I would just say, like, let's say artists that I would look up to that have the most in-depth catalogs would be like Russ or Wiz Khalifa, Logic, G-Eazy, Drake, Kendrick, Cole, all them guys. Like you go back to the very first project in like 2006 and seven and you compare it to like 10, 15 years ago and it's like night day. So when I first started, I was listening like, damn, you know, they wasn't that great in the beginning. Look at them now. I'm like, damn, how can I just get to that point? So I was like, well, maybe I could work and hopefully in a few years I'll sound great. And, you know, some of my homies that are around that have been around pretty much forever, they're like, man, this shit sounds good now. But back in the day, it definitely didn't. And I was like, well, what would you say if it still sounded the same that it did, you know, five or ten years ago? And it was like, then it wouldn't have been it. So it's like, you know, like Drake would say, I just have I have a burning desire to improve. And like you mentioned, this album, I love it at this moment in time. But, you know, a year or two from now, it's going to be old news and just on to the next. Just continuing to scale the mountain, you know.
1: Yeah, and I, like, I just think that's the evolution of every artist. If you weren't like that, I would be mm, maybe the same for you because every artist wants to do better. Every artist wants to challenge themselves to the next echelon. Like I don't yeah. think any artist, I mean, some, some of them obviously look back and go, that was a great album. They look back obviously because it's a huge success. But I think they would also look back and go, you know, as much as everybody loves this song, I reckon I could have done better or I could do it better now. Or like there's other shit that they would change, or maybe the beat isn't what they really like, or there's just something about it. I have a feeling artists don't say it talk about it a lot because it's not cool to talk about. It's not it's not fun when they're like, oh, I hate that song. And everyone's like, but that's my favorite shit. So yeah. I kind of get that feeling as well.
0: That's definitely the vicious cycle. You know, like I can't it's kind of hard for me sometimes to enjoy my own music because I'm always thinking like, you know, in terms of the sonics and the mixing like that could have been turned up more. This could have been this and that. And other people, they're not listening for that unless they're like music industry heads. But the average listener is just listening they're like this sounds good. You know, some people still say that from the old stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. But <laughs> for this project, I think it's OK. <laughs>
1: No, well, this project does sound good. I will say that sonically the beats are very clear. Your lyrics are crisp. You can you can hear the difference in terms of production value and in terms yeah. of sound you've started to figure out because I went back and I listened to some early 2019 tracks of yours and the look on your face, for anyone who listens to this audibly, he gave like this scrunched up look like, I already know what you're going to say, but you can That's tell... What-
0: Imagine 2016, it's way worse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I went back and I can tell that there's still, and I love going back because you really get to see the evolution of what you worked on. But there is a difference between the beats that you had and the flows that you had. And there was like a mismatch between what you were doing. And it was still good. Like it had the bones of potential, but it was like you couldn't, you weren't yet at the level where you combine them. And now it feels like your flow is as good as it's ever been. It's smooth as shit. You can really spit bars and the beats match your flow a lot better. Like it's, you can see that you've been working as opposed to like, it's been you know three years and the same shit is coming out.
0: Yeah. Nah, I just, I'm always trying to like mix things up and try new things and be cohesive with it. And just the thing about the flows is like, that's where they always come natural. Like I, like whatever the beat is, I just, I try to ride the beat, make fit all the right pockets the best way possible with every song going forward. And like, you know, sitting back, like, I have all these different songs. I'm like, this is so different than this and that. I'm like, just, what just came to mind on that. You know, that's, it's not really that calculated. I just sit there and just all spills out naturally. And being that I, you know, I've taken the last few years to learn how to do these things like, you know, write, record, mix, master, and all these engineering things. I'm able to put something together that's you know has somewhat potential to go at this point. I feel like I reached a point with myself where I'm doing everything on my own still and it's it's pretty good but it's not where I want it to be. You know, I don't I can't call boy 1 to make the beat or 40 to mix my in, 40 to mix my vocals like I don't have all the like the best the best quality just yet, but that's something I can't wait that a level I can't ra- wait to reach, you know, but for now I'm still I'm still doing it on my own at this point.
1: Well, to be fair, it, it it doesn't sound like you're doing it in a basement, you know. It doesn't sound like you're doing it through a potato. So the yeah. quality still comes out. Like, obviously, I do it, my podcast independently, and I hope it doesn't sound like it comes through a potato as well. But nah, <laughs> like. <laughs> but I think it's, it's just, you know, you just step up. Like we said, it's that continuous, just slowly you step up and you start doing it different. And being independent is no mean feat, like, it is just an absolute grind because you do it all all yourself. like you, you probably do you have like a small team with you?
0: Um, I have a guy that I consider to be my videographer. We work together. Um, but besides that everything else is really done on my end Damn. Of course, there's so many other people that I look forward to working with going forward, but at this exact moment, I have my homie that does a video. his name is Like Visions. And shout out to Bro. He recently just moved to Miami and things are working out great for him out there. He shot the name right video and the time video.
1: Bang. Well, they look good. It's so weird because I always look at people like you and I'm like, I don't know how you got the time to do it all. Because, like, I, uh-huh. I, I, like, all I do is I talk to you, right? And we talk and then I edit it, but I don't have to worry about music. I really don't have to worry about music videos. I don't have to worry about releases. Like, it's all like mine's really scheduled and it's like not too much can go wrong other than the conversation mm-hmm. itself. So, I mean, if that's fucked, the whole thing's fucked. But yeah. other than that, it's like a pretty steady kind of moving piece. Whereas when you're making music, there's like a thousand different pieces that are moving.
0: Oh, 100%. And, like, the thing is you got to spend a 1,000 thou- a hours on one piece. So it's, like, to create the right puzzle for it to be formulated properly for the people or, you know, it takes a lot of time for sure.
1: Well, how do you actually manage that time? Like, do you have periods of time where you're, I'm doing this or I'm just doing that or I'm just doing this?
0: Um, I try to, you know, balance out everything the right way in terms of, like, You know, handing out personal responsibilities or juggling relationships or different things. I just try to find the right time for it. That way everything is properly nourished. Um, And obviously the music comes first before anything and everything, because that's like my child at this point. Um, But just if you want, it's just like that in life. If you want it, you'll make the time for it. If you really want it that bad, you'll go get it. You know, obviously I want a six pack, but I haven't really put the time in to go get one like that. But the career, I refuse to just ever let it slip. Like it it has to happen. You know, it has to keep going. Like I refuse to like neglect it, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I also want a six pack and like it's rough. It is rough to get that six pack. I mean, food is, I love food. So it's just like, I know it's like 80% diet and 20% exercise. And I wish it was the other way around.
0: Oh, yeah. Cause then you could just, you know, cut the chase. But I feel you.
1: Oh, uh, if I could wish for something, it would be like I could eat any food and I would look amazing. That would be the dream come true, honestly.
0: Yeah. Maybe in another universe. <laughs> I'm all hoping right, I get right.
1: the genie in the bottle and I can make three wishes. Oh, no. My first wish would be for more wishes. That would be what I would wish for for
0: real. There you go. Classic. <laughs> I respect it.
1: Well, man, I think, you know, in terms of for this, project in this release what have you got in terms of like planned for it like if you are you doing shows are you uh have you got more promo like what's the plan for pushing the release
0: i think when i want to i want to put it into the hands of the fans and hopefully they can spread it around through word of mouth obviously i have my different ways of marketing the music at this point um i just want to do as much as i can for the next few weeks and then after that just keep it pushing with what's next like i've already got the next five singles created going into the summer. So um, here it is. Let's enjoy it. On to the next until, you know what I'm saying? It's just continuously going.
1: Yeah. I think that, uh, is that difficult for you? Because, you know, you said that you've got Alec vs. Alec on this track, on this album, yep. and that was done a year and a half ago. Is it yeah. difficult to sit on tracks for a long time, especially because, I mean, you they're good. Like, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, I can't control myself. That's why this works for me because I always get to put it out quite quickly, but like waiting a year and a half for something that I love. It, it must be um, like difficult.
0: Well, well, yeah. Well, the thing is I didn't wait a year and a half to put it out. I waited. I, I created Alec vs Alec in August, 2020, and I put it out in January. So most of the time when I make a great song, it comes out in the next three to five months. Um, but I felt like it was so good. I had to make the cut for the album, but. I do feel that because at this moment of time, the things I'm creating now in February 2022, like I'm excited. and I, I feel like these songs have potential to change my life and um, they're not coming out for a few months. So it's like, damn, I'm just going to like just make it the best I can before I let it go. And it grows wings on its own. Um, so I definitely feel that way sometimes. But like I think someone I heard someone say, like, if you wait too long to put a song out, it's like you're late to your own party. So it's like you want to keep it so, somewhat long, but not too, too long. Obviously, being so independent, you could put things out when you want to. It's just I try to strategically put it out that way each song can get the right promotion for it, then move on to the next song. You know, before in the future, obviously, when I end up partnering with some type of label, I m- won't necessarily have that freedom. I guess so. For now, I'm have been you know enjoying that freedom.
1: I think you're definitely right though. That I mean, that it is a balance because there are other artists who do the opposite. They release so many projects. And then they don't give them the time to breathe and they don't get the time to like for fans to enjoy them before the next project comes out. I feel like that's a really challenging uh, timing piece to get right as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I learned that with trial and error and I still don't have everything down pat. Like things aren't like amazing, amazing just yet, but it's been working out to a certain way. Um, Cause like I said, I have a catalog of 150 songs plus. So like I think from the years of, like, 2015 to, like, 20, uh, 2018, it was just, here's the album, here's the album, here's the album. Then after that, I was really inspired by what, what Russ did, which is, like, putting out a song, a song, a song. And I noticed that songs individually, you know what I'm saying, get absorbed more. Um, so that's the route I'm on now. For now, that's what it is. Just here's the project, here's the song, just whatever I want to do. That's the beauty of being independent. Like, I'm just going to give you what I'm feeling, and hopefully you'll enjoy it.
1: Clearly, you enjoy being independent. Clearly, you enjoy the freedom. So why go on a label?
0: Uh, it seems like they could do more things for me that I can't necessarily do on my own. Which should be in my mind at this moment, like maybe helping me, you know, get on radio or, you know, linking me with this person or getting me on like Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fowl, Ellen, all these different interviews and all these different big looks, these dreams and goals that I have for myself that I can't just accomplish from his bedroom. So it's like... In the future, it'll make sense. Um, but as of right now, I'm still building to get to that point. You know, I'm 24 now. I've been doing this for about six, seven years. It's been a long time still, but I've always told myself that if I ever make it to superstar to mainstream before 10 years, then I feel like I might have it lucky because most of the people I look up to, it took them a decade to get there or, and more or some less. But, you know, I'm still working. I still got a long ways to go. So I'm just, you know, scaling the mountain, but giving my all at the same time.
1: Well, I think, yeah. I mean, I've said this before in this podcast, but Kanye said it took ten years to become an overnight success. Yeah, so it's like no one sees the hustle. I mean, these days people see the hustle more, but it does take time. And you're right; it's rare for people to get the overnight success of, you know, the first thing they ever release. It's you, and
0: they get that you're not going to have the foundation like if. Like Russ would say, like if you put a song out and you find that person, like, I like this song, let me go dig into other stuff and there is no music and you can't become a fan. Like You have to work hard and build the catalog and have all this to offer. Kind of like I'll use uh, the TV show You, for instance. So like my girlfriend, she uh, she put me on to season three, episode two, and I started watching it from there and I watched the rest of season three. And I'm like, this is amazing. Let me go back and watch the first two seasons. So I did, and now I'm even more of a fan. But if like you just if there's not enough stuff for you to absorb, you can't be a fan. You, you know, and I also, are so
1: different because there was no chance I would watch season three, episode two first. I'd be like, I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm out. I got to start from the beginning. If I go watch this, we got to start from the start. I think yeah. you're a bit more patient than I am. Cause I would be like, no, oh, it's just ruined.
0: Yeah. Cause then you keep going on me like what happened before this? Like it creates the question, you know?
1: Oh, uh, you like, it's like the prologue. You're like, Oh, I'm now up to this. And now let's watch the prologue. Like the beginning. Whereas I'm like, a part of me is the opposite. Cause I hate knowing there's multiple seasons sometimes because I'm like, I know the characters are going to survive. I don't yeah. want to know that.
0: Because you go back to season one and two and you're like, damn, this crazy shit's happening. I'm like, wait, but they're not going to die obviously because they're season three. So it definitely ruins that you know, perspective.
1: I don't know if you heard, there's a show called game of Thrones and that I've shit. Heard- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we both heard of it, but, uh, I think everyone's heard of it, to be honest. But um, I just like to talk a bit of shit and just pretend like, you know, maybe I'm the only one who's ever seen probably the most popular show of all time. But that's why I love that shit, because they killed characters. And I was like, holy shit, I did not see any of that coming.
0: Yeah, I've I've never even checked it out. I've heard about it. Is it worth checking out?
1: I would say definitely worth checking out. I would it's like, it's like fantasy shit, though, so you got to be okay with, like, swords and, like, a little bit of all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I'm a fan. I rated it. I hated the last season, and it was just trash. But wow. it's, like, eight seasons long. It is a real commitment, but you actually don't know what's going to happen. Like, things are going to just twists and turns, and, yeah, I give you a recommendation for sure.
0: I'm going to
1: have to definitely tap in. That sounds cool. Um oh, do you know what I did want to ask you about is mm-hmm. I think you've got a song it's called Painful. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about that because and more obviously it touches on a subject that is not a fun topic to talk about, but I, I was interested. Did you get permission from your ex to, to do that because I can I know, I mean, all my exes, they would hate if I made a song or even spoke about anything that they go through.
0: Yeah. Let me give you the backstory. So I was dating this one girl a few years ago and uh, she obviously went through everything that I talked about in that song. And she was just like, you know, she knew that I made music and she was like, you know, maybe if I like gave you the story, you could turn it into a song and maybe you could help people. So I was like, you know, maybe maybe you could. So she like wrote a bunch of different points. And I, being that I'm a rapper, I know how to formulate words. So I created the song and uh, this was around November 2018. And i put it out in january 2018 and then we like shot the video and uh at that time i was still doing videos by myself but we like we like went to kroger and got the wine and like she went in the bathroom and she was crying i was all real none of it was active it was real um, oh, so that was actually anyways her. after we did the video yeah that was actually her and in her mom's house like it was all real um and after we shot the video like we showed her mom and she like started crying. I was like, damn, I know this is gonna impact people. Obviously, she cried too. Sure enough, it was. Um, I put the video on Facebook uh, in February, I think February 19th, 2019. So it's coming up on three years. Tomorrow makes three years, and that was the first video of mine to so like really just go viral and go crazy. It had like I remember 100,000 views in a week, and then it had like 500k in a couple months. Then it hit a million and like you know what I'm saying? Like uh, it went on to do a lot of crazy things and it, it kicked down the door for a fan base. It got me verified on Instagram. It uh, got the attention of the local news channel in my city and they wanted to do an article. It made it on a lot of television, but most importantly, it, it went on to like be an anthem for people who have gone through abuse, if it's women or men, and they was able to relate to it and then maybe stopped them from suicide or it helped them or, you know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, that Facebook account got hacked, and I lost all that. But I still have that. I re put the video out on my new Facebook, and I still went on to do like 300k. And to this day, people say that it's they still listen to it, and it helps them. Uh, but that song definitely changed my life, and it it kicked down the door. And that was the very first song, like out of all the songs I put out from November 2015 to February 2019. That was the first one to like be like, Shoo! and just Shoo! you know,
1: yeah. So def- it's interesting that she it was her idea you know
0: yeah uh i have done my best to give her credit throughout the years obviously after happened and then we broke up she wasn't too fond by the success of it she was like you know where's my cut and i'm just like there is no cut what do you mean like but to this day i don't hold no type of resentment and i'm just glad that it did what it did it's not about me or her really it's about what it's doing for the women and the people out there that is helping you know um yeah that's how
1: yeah, I mean it it's such a challenging subject matter to hit. It's and for anyone hasn't listened to it, I recommend listening to it. It talks about uh abuse obviously from a young age and and it is it is confronting for sure, but the the more I I speak to people and the more I get to know people, the more I also realize that we all know someone and unfortunately most women have probably experience some sort of trauma whether it's like that or or other and that songs like this are important to just bring that to the attention of you know the mainstream and make it better to talk about I think that's what it does it helps just bring it forward and and helps others talk about it when it is it's not a fun topic to talk about it's not like it's just awful to hear and you know I've you know, my exes as well, we've had conversations about this and it like, it is just brings you to tears.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a very sad topic, but if you can find a way to help those people and let them know they're not alone, then that's a beautiful thing. And it also helped kick the door down for versatility with my music, because not only do I get make the hype shit or the rap shit, I can give you the deep sad shit too. So I just want to be a well-rounded artist. You know, I love to rap. I do consider myself a rapper. But I'm also an artist. I do create all these different types of music. And you know, I step into R&B or pop or, like, I don't want to just be labeled one thing. But I do love to rap, and I can't rap my ass off at the same time. But I do these other things, too. And I, hey. I have to give up. Um, I'm inspired by Drake. He does it all. That I aim to be that type of artist, someone who could just try their hands at all these things, you know, just to make great music.
1: How did you have the confidence to write the song, though? Because, like, well, looking back, I mean, that's young in your career. It's really challenging. It's someone that you care about, obviously, at the time, approaching you with their personal story. Like, but actually, to be able to feel confident enough to be, to number one, write it, but number two, feel like do the music video and actually put it out. Like, it, to me, it's like such a interesting decision to do because obviously it changed your career, but at the same time, I look back and I'm like, I wonder if I would have done the same thing. And I'm not sure I would have because I wouldn't have been as confident to be able to put it out.
0: Um, I guess what it is, like now I'm 24, so I definitely think about things more strategically and more in depth. But back then I was 20. So I was like, I know how to rap. I know how to create videos. I know how to record. She wants me to do this. Let me just do it. Let me try. So I definitely didn't overthink it. I just tried to do what i thought i knew how to do and it ended up working looking back on it i wish i would have did more of a higher budget video for it because the video is a little cringe but it it worked um because like the guy i'm working with now is like super high quality and i recently just started doing high quality videos but before then it was just me and my friends with the camera but um like that was definitely like shot amateurly like my friend we were walking through seattle yeah, I was like, well, record me and like we're doing scenes downtown and like, you know, I'm recording her in the bathroom with the camera and it's all shaky and like edited on Premiere Pro. But I just didn't overthink it at that time. Now obviously things are more strategic at this point, but back then I just jumped in, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can kind of tell, but at the same time, that's what makes it so good. Is that yeah. it is raw. And if it was overproduced, it wouldn't look as good. And it wouldn't feel the same way. Like there's a give and take as well is like if it was produced at a really high quality, it would almost feel like this is not a song that is doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's like I'm doing this for the clout. Whereas like because it was budget, because it was like home, because it was shaky, it actually adds to the whole thing.
0: Thank you. I guess I never looked at it. The, the The budget for that video is probably forty bucks, maybe like twenty dollars for the wine or whatever drink she was drinking, and the gas to drive around. That was, that was the budget. Uh, and then the, cool, the thing I was most proud about it that happened at that time was not only did it help people, but for something that I wrote, recorded, mixed, mastered, edited, you know, shot the video, edited the clips. I did everything i didn't make the beef i did everything else and it went viral I'm like damn like i owned that to begin with and second of all it's like i created that so it's like i felt really proud about that and i was like okay you know doing this is really possible now because before that i haven't had that kind of taste so i was like, okay i can really do this now so it's like you know they kicked down the door for that confidence as well
1: and so how soon after that have you gone full-time in music or do you still have like part-time job? Like what's your mix at the moment?
0: Well, hundred percent music is the full-time thing now, but back in the day I did have to work jobs. I, and uh, my first job was like 2015. It was like, I washed dishes at this restaurant Then I worked in supermarkets and I did all these things. And it took years to reach a point financially where I could, you know, eat and pay the bills off the music. So I'm here now. And honestly, I'm at a point now where I'm, I'm making it by, but I'm not like, I'm not balling, balling just yet. And obviously when those days come, I'll enjoy life a bit more. But now I'm just focused. The bills are being paid. People around me are being taken care of off the music, but I'm still focused to get to the next level. You know, I barely just got my first car last week at 24. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a late bloomer, but I'm working hard though. All
1: I- right. Everyone's on their own race. You do your own journey. So there's like, doesn't matter. That's honestly what I've learned is like, you know, I could have started this podcast 10 years ago and then I'd be like as big as Joe Rogan, although Joe Rogan's not having so much fun right now. But, yeah. you know, you can't control that part. You can only control, you know, what's happening in the moment and what will happen moving forward. So, man, you're here. There are so many artists who wish they would be full time. You know, that is... The, the dream for a lot of them is to not have a side job, to be able to just, you know, just be able to be like, I am full time. That's their next goal. So I think, you know, you would probably inspire a lot of people to know that you can do it. It just is a matter of time.
0: Yeah, it definitely takes time. And you just got to have that business mindset. Like, how can I, you know, live off it's not just the music, it's the clothing and the touring. I'm not even touring yet. So when that factor comes in, it'll, it'll help things a lot more. Like, I'm still at a point where I want to do all these things, but I don't necessarily have the budget for them just yet. So I have to save my money and I have to plan it and wait, as opposed to someone just saying, all right, you need 50,000 here. Like, you know, like these videos that I'm doing now, like the time video, like that was my first time ever getting a song mixed and mastered by someone else. I sent it to Ali. Uh, which is, I think, one of the in-house engineers for TDE, which is, you know, uh, affiliation with Clinical Mars. So I was like, that was a big deal. That was like $1,500 to get a mix, and then it was $3,000 to shoot it and 1000 for promotion. That was like a $6,000 project. I didn't make that 6000 back. I made maybe a, a few hundred of that, to be honest, like maybe five or $800 of that back. But it it's like, I know one day all that will come back, but it's like you really got to invest in it in hopes that it will take off one day, you know? It won't go unnoticed, maybe for a few years, but one day they'll catch on because you got to tell yourself that. It's all in the mindset.
1: So interesting because you know when everyone in normal business, everyone looks at ROI, return on investment, right? And so yeah. you're looking at return on investment and you're going, my return on investment right now sucked balls because I didn't even oh. break even, right? Yeah. But yeah. as an artist, it's all about long-term projection. Is like if I create enough projects that are enough quality that over time they compound and then I get my return long term.
0: But like, and then it, I'll be worth it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think that that's a struggle with an artist is like you save, you spend your money to make sure it goes back into your career. But there are a lot of artists who can't do that, who are unw- unwilling to spend five, six grand on a project and know they're not going to get it back. Because they're like, well, why would I spend that much money when I it's not going to come back to me? So maybe I'll spend five hundred on the project, and I'll make five hundred back.
0: Yeah, um, I guess it's just to each his own, and just a personal belief. Like, you know, I really believe in this, even if it's not today or tomorrow. Because at this moment in time, I still have this belief. Like, okay, I had a couple songs, do some sparks, but I've still yet to create a hit song. So when that hit song comes, if it's today. This year, next year, five years from now, whatever. Whenever it happens, all that attention and all that hype from that hit song, they're all going to come back and stream my catalog that I own. No one owns, I own my catalog. So that's, that's going to be the return on investment, which that happened to Russ. And I feel like that's going to happen to me. So it's like I, I'm, right now I'm building this great wall of me. Like I'm laying a brick a day. and Eventually I'm going to turn around and it's going to be a big wall. So it's like I'm still, you know, building my catalog, and eventually one of these songs are just gonna go.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's a great mindset, and I love that metaphor that you're building the Great Wall, the the Great Wall of uh, of Alec. That's that's what we'll call it. Um, but no, nah, man, I think I think the mindset is is such an important piece and so underrated in terms of being an artist. I think a lot of people talk about. The skill set of an artist not as much as the mindset of an artist because the mindset is really the driving factor to anybody's success
0: can you hear me clear it was cutting out a minute ago
1: yeah i think it cut out for like a second but i can hear you now
0: okay um yeah i think it takes it takes a lot of things you know back in the day i used to think to myself you know anyone can do this but in reality you can't you have to be mentally equipped you have to have the work ethic and the mindset and the persistence and all these different things to want to go after something. Like the, you know, unfortunately, the, we live in a world where people want instant gratification and they, you know, they want to try something and if they don't get the instant results, they give up. See I think that's a personal problem with a lot of people. Is like they'll try this, it won't work. Try this, it won't work. It's like it's not that it's not working. You just didn't give yourself enough time. You know, like give yourself at least a decade you know what I'm saying, like, and study everyone in the field that you're trying to get to, learn how to do all these things. Like, if you want to do it, you'll pull it off. It's like, like I said, I've made it pretty far, but I'm still nowhere near where I'm going to be. But it's like I made it to a point enough to where I could talk, but it's like you got to just stick with something. People, like, they give up too fast. You can't do that or you're not going to get it. This is what it is.
1: Well, I heard someone say, like, if I could guarantee you then in 10 years you'll be successful at no matter what you do in 10 years. But you got to put in for 10 years. Would you do it? And I think most people, the answer is no.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I've definitely talked about this in previous interviews. I was like, you know, even today I'll tell you now, it's like, if you told me like, as hard as I'm working now, like you're still not going to get that hit song for like five or 10 years. Even if you're working eight hours a day, Every day, I'm like, all right, bet. Well, I'm, it's not like I'm in love with the with the playing the game. I love making music. Obviously, I want to a mass success within this, but I, I love doing this to begin with. Um, so you know, what I'm saying that's cool. I'm gonna keep working, and I'll get that when it comes. But you know, I'm in love with the craft to begin with. Before any type of point, you can't play for the points. You gotta like be focused on the craft.
1: You know, I I agree. That's why I'm not an artist because like I, it's not it's not in me. Like, I don't, I'm not naturally a musical person. I love music. Obviously, that's why I have a hip hop podcast. Like, I absolutely yeah. love it, but I know where my skill set lies. My skill set is definitely in talking, but I also know that like I love talking to people and I love hip hop. And that's why I've got the podcast. And I've seen and people have asked me, like, what do I do a podcast on? And it's like, it's like saying, what do I write a song about? You, yeah. I can't tell you what to do it on because it has to be you. You have to like it. Like if I told anyone who's not into hip hop to do a hip hop podcast, you'd quit in three episodes because you'd be like, fuck this. I don't give a shit about it. So like yeah. the, it's, it's such a weird thing. You got to chase what you like rather than chasing the, the status or the dream of money. Like, yes, we all want to make money, but at the same time, you got to like what you're doing to get there.
0: One hundred percent. Cause if you don't love it and you're not hearts in your heart's not in it, people can tell. And you know, again, I'm definitely grateful to be on this podcast. So I appreciate you reaching out. How did you initially find me again? That's like my favorite question to ask people. It's like, how did you discover me? I
1: actually found you through Instagram, through a few people that I follow and who they follow. So this is why I do. For anyone who wants to know how I find people, is like any guest that I have. I'll go through who's following them and I go through and I just go through the channels. And so that's literally how I went through. I forget who the connection was, but my most recent episode dropped with John Connor. Uh, Was that the one? Yeah. So John Connor dropped mega ran is dropping this week. And so what I do, I just go through their catalogs and I just go through who's following them, who are they following and so on and so forth. And then I just end up in a back channel and then I'm like, Oh, this guy's pretty
0: good i appreciate
1: no yeah and then i'm like oh he's pretty good young talented i see some potential future potential and i'm like oh let's let's give him a chance let's speak to him let's see reach out see if this would be something you're interested in and then you know if you don't ask you don't get and that's really the formula 100%.
0: Hundred percent. It definitely doesn't really happen as often as I like it to. You know, I actually haven't had anyone reach out to want to do anything like this in a, almost a year. So, like, I'm always yeah. grateful when um, comes. Like, I know in the future everyone's going to be coming after me, but in this stage, it's still minuscule how many people are coming out to do it. So, I, I enjoy it, and I definitely always make the time because I'm going to look forward to watching all these interviews years from now. And I know that you and anyone else who ever interviewed me is going to stick around and be there for the you know the bigger days when they come. So I love it, man. It's just a chance to talk and give some truth to these people.
1: Well, I mean my my opinion on this is, you know, I know realistically not everyone I speak to is going to be a superstar. There's like, it that really? I mean, I've done uh, what is this? Well, looking at close to 90 interviews, so I've done a lot of interviews, right?
0: Must have been working.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. It's again, it's the hustle. But I've done close to 90 interviews. You know, I know realistically that. Not everyone will be a superstar, but I also know that there are definitely superstar potential in all the people that I speak to. So what I really want to see is like, as I get better and as I get bigger, you also get better and you also get bigger. And it will be extremely cool that in five to 10 years from now, like we're talking, that you're huge my podcast is huge. And we come back and we're like, Hey, do you remember the time where you did this in your bedroom? I had a, had like a, I upgraded. Yeah. I have like a mic and shit, but like now it's even more professional. Like that's the dream come true is like seeing the progression at the same time and have people that are like, man, I remember I came on your show when I was nothing or I came on the show when I was starting. And now we're both yeah. huge success.
0: Yeah, that's the beautiful cycle, and I definitely respect it and love it at the same time. And it's like obviously everything is documented, so it's there to go look back on, you know, when that happens. So I believe in manifestation, and it happens. But you got to go work for it, in between that's what they don't tell you. But you got to tell the universe what you want, throw everything at the wall, and then go do what you can to make it happen.
1: Well, that's why I don't really believe in fate, because like fate to me, fate is like if you work hard enough, you can get it. It requires the work because to me, the idea of fate is like, it's meant to be. So if I stopped the podcast right now, would I be a big podcaster? No, I wouldn't. So it's in my control. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, my personal view is like, I want control of my life. So I don't like the idea of predetermined. Um, so I don't know. Like, I just think that, I, yeah, I don't know. We talk about, people talk about fate a lot, but I'm just like, take control. You do you. If you want it, go get it.
0: Yeah, it's literally up to you. Like, what's gonna happen next? It's like the cool thing about music or whatever—you create something that didn't exist. So it's like if you can create something, it's like it's literally up to you to build and create what happens next. Your future, like, be a good person, have a good character. You know, have a desire to improve, to be a better whatever man, husband, rapper, like whatever you are as a person always want to continue and get better as time goes along as opposed to getting worse or going backwards that's that's not the way to go at least i don't i don't surround myself around people that are like that we're always trying to grow and get better from here i don't know if you saw these but it's like a thing in a relationship where you're when you're busy and you want to let your partner know that you're thinking about them they could press this my girlfriend got me this today on Valentine's Day. they <laughs> should get away
1: yeah man well first i got to get a girlfriend so that's a different problem altogether. Uh-huh. and a, to be honest if we want to talk about my, my love life, we might have a different podcast altogether where we deep dive into my my problems. But yeah, I've, I've seen those. They are very cool. I saw you press it during we we're talking about fate. Must have been one of those things where, you know, she came to mind when fate came through. But I actually wanted to ask you as well, because, I mean, you're a young artist. You've got tattoos. You wear bling. You've got the music videos. You are throw money in the air. Do people have a preconceived notion of who you are before they speak to you? Because you're like a genuinely nice guy, but the, the image of an artist and the image that you sometimes can portray, obviously, as, in, as an entertainer can vary. Do you think, do people ever have that with you?
0: I think different people have different perspectives and some people take me serious. Some people don't. Some people like me. Some people don't. It's just at the end of the day, I could just be myself. And if I'm able to appeal or, you know, if anyone's able to connect or enjoy what I do, then I'm grateful, but they don't have to, you know, it's a big world. There's so many different things going on. Like if you choose to buy into what I'm doing, they awesome. But if not, then it's cool. You know, I just need a good amount of people to impact and I'll be good. You know, I kind of, to an extent, didn't fully understand the question.
1: Well, do, just like do, do people, do you think that people judge who you might be or how you might behave purely from, you know, how they see you in, in your music videos?
0: Um, I think maybe the only thing some people might disagree with might be like the throat tattoos. But other than that, there's not really anything you could pull apart that's not good, you know, because I conduct myself as a well-mannered man. You know, I, I have character and I have morals. I'm respectful and I'm honest. I don't tell the truth. I don't bite my tongue. I work hard. I mind my business. I pay my taxes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I take care of the family. I work hard. I'm ambitious. I'm trying to spread positivity. I'm trying to do everything the right way. So someone might not necessarily like it or agree with it. There could be envy there. There could be something within themselves that's bothering them that they can't. That's reflecting between me and them. That's a personal problem with them. But for the most part, not really. No, A lot of people show love and the people that don't, they don't. Um, I do get a lot of hate, too, at the same time, but it doesn't bother me. I actually enjoy it. Um, I mean obviously over the years I've grown thick skin but um, at this point like when you, when you see someone hating in you in the comments that's an interaction interactions boost the algorithm so they're helping you out to begin with So, and if they're streaming your music to listen to it to go say it's trash or sharing it they're just helping you you know so what bothers me is when people create fake lies and, and try to spread it to your fans and your own fans believe it like I haven't really felt that uh, on a massive scale yet like like other massive celebrities do but i have felt it in miniature ways where someone might say something that's not true and go message my fans saying that i did this and they believe it and they'll follow me i'm like it's not real you know what i'm saying like you have an example give an example um yeah okay so i make the song painful you know an anthem for rape or any victim of abuse and some person hiding behind a fake account comes and comments on my picture this guy's a rapist and he loves to do this to little girls i'm like hold up what the fuck like you are crazy and then i'll go dm other fans saying he did this to this person i'm just like first of all who are you what and then other my own fans come message to me and saying, is it true i can't believe this i'm like what that, that kind of shit, like people creating these fake, false rumors that are things that beyond the kind of person I am, like I wouldn't hurt a fly. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that kind of says crazy to me. And I know it's going to get crazier as time goes along. It's just there's nothing you can really do, but just, you know, be honest and try to tell people to try to, you know, um, debunk what's going on. But some people are going to believe what they want to believe. It's just it's just what it is.
1: I just can't believe people have the time to do that.
0: Like, you know, like most of the time children are teenagers because us adults that are working hard to provide who has time for that, you know, like yeah,
1: and like, come on, like, it's just like it's just I, I can't even be bothered setting up accounts for myself, let alone fake accounts to like go after other people like and message other people like it's too much effort, to be honest, just and my theory is and, and I agree. I was going to say if you want to hate hate because it just helps boost. The algorithm, it just helps boost everyone's career. It's so weird. Hate boosts things more than love, which is such a strange thing in the human condition. But like you keep hating, you keep commenting, whatever. Like whatever you got to do, keep pushing it forward.
0: Yeah, obviously the best way to hurt an artist would just be to just like not fuck with them. Don't watch, don't view, don't listen, don't spread the word. Just stay back and just not fuck with any of that. That is like, you know, that would, you know we can't catch you in at that point you know but if you feel all those things and you don't elaborate then that's the best way you could not fuck with the artist if you don't fuck
1: i think them. it's the healthiest way to not fuck with an artist i mean not every music and not everyone's for you i know that my podcast is not going to be for everybody that's okay yeah. so I, I don't mean so like yeah a healthy way to be like i listen to it it's not for me and then i move on that's it
0: yeah but don't you know, hate it though it's like there are some people like that hate on me on I'm like, you might not like how I sound, but I'm, I'm doing everything the right way, like it's on beat, there's flows, there's this, there's that, there's this, so I am a good rapper, you just might not like how I sound, because there's other artists out there that um, I'm not too fond of and I, I don't really like how they sound, but I respect everything about them, I just can't enjoy it because of the way they sound, which is me personally, but I'm not hating on them, you know, that's just what it is, human nature.
1: Well, I agree. You're not supposed to like everything. Otherwise, what's the point of music?
0: Yeah, and then you're not a well-shaped character either. If you're just buying into everything gimmickly. it's like, oh, y'all like him? <laughs> I like him now, too. Like, yeah. the bandwagon. Oh, <laughs> I mean, they help artists, sure, but I could never be one of those people. I have my own selective, select amount of artists that I listen to. And-
1: yeah, I agree. I, actually, you did bring up the tat- the neck tattoo. Because I'm obsessed with tattoos. I watched the. I only watched a couple of reality shows, and I'm obsessed with Ink Master. It's a show that I've watched since season one, and they always talk about how n- neck tattoos are fucking painful to get. How was that yeah. experience of getting? Because you got a big piece. It's not like a, a a tiny piece. Like it is huge. It goes all the way down your throat. You've got the neck tattoos. Like I don't have any tattoos. And so, like, I am so intrigued as to, like, the neck piece and the experience of going through that. Because I've heard it's like you get, you're get being choked.
0: Um, I think now at 24 years old, I'd be a little more skeptical about those decisions. I don't regret any of it. I still love it. But I would think twice this age. But I did all of this when I was, like, 17 or 18. So I was in high school, like, with all this. Like, I was the guy that was just inked up. Um, at that time it just it, it hurt and it tickled but I used to smoke weed back then I don't smoke anymore but back then I would smoke a lot just go get tatted like my whole front's tatted and it was just something I did and I loved it and I just like I knew I was gonna be a rapper one day so I was like let me just get this out of the way now and I did all that I, have, I haven't really gotten many tattoos in the last few years I want to finish my back of course I would say people like taiga and Wiz Khalifa were like early early inspiration in terms of like being tatted up I'm glad I never tattooed my face, but um, it tickled. It didn't really hurt. Everyone's pain tolerance is different. What hurts is like the collarbone or the chest or the rib cage, you know, the front of your hand. That hurts. Like this tickled. Like I was laughing when it was, I actually got videos on YouTube. If you search Metallic Alec getting throat tattoo, I think someone posted it. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's not on my account, but someone posted it. So I was just like, you know, just like being funny about it. But different some people deal with it differently but uh, for me it didn't really hurt too too bad now the school like behind my ear that hurt because you could it's nothing but bone that hurt you know Yeah,
1: i've but, heard the bone ones are the worst ones that's why collarbone sucks because it's like bone on needle and that's why the hand sucks i've also heard the palm is really painful and a really shit place to get um like yeah there's just so many there's so many painful areas I don't know. I feel like I do want a tattoo, but I'm super indecisive. So, like, I'm scared that I'll hate it in like 15 minutes. And I'll be like, nah, I, f- I fucked that up.
0: Yeah. I mean, most of the time it's there for life, but you just got to love it. It's be passionate about what you do. You know, I have some tattoos with like matching tattoos of my ex. And it's like, obviously, that didn't work out, but it's like, I don't hate it. I just like, okay, that's where I was at that point in life. Now, I'm not saying all this is gonna look good when I'm like in my fifties or sixties. I don't know. Probably look like a wet newspaper at that point, but for now it looks clean. I like how I look with them still. <laughs> so it's like
1: <laughs> oh, I love that. But oh, do you know what it is? I figured it out. It's your motivation to go to the gym and get the six pack. That's the motivation. You want you don't want to look like a wet newspaper. Hit the gym.
0: Might have to. I mean, I, I ain't going to lie. I was working out a lot more consistency last year. I just got to get back to it. I fell off. I'm not going to lie. But I will, you know, i am just get back to it at some point.
1: To be honest, it's not like you're, you know, 350 pounds. You know what I mean? It's not like you're the fattest man I've ever seen in my life. And we're like, you got to get your shit together. So, I mean, like, you know, as long as you're, you're training a little bit, like I'm on a new regime, I'm trying to get fitter and trying to, you know, train a bit more consistently. It's just an ongoing thing.
0: Yeah, I know I'm definitely getting older. My metabolism is slowing down. So the older I get, I don't want to become thicker and get, you know, more unhealthy. So I definitely want to get right before it's too late because they say it's harder to get in shape when you're in your 30s. So, you know, the inception has been planted.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the good news is, well, I'm approaching 30, so I'm getting scared. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get that yeah. shit together. I know I've looked like this since I was 16, to be honest, I've been like an old man for a long, long time, but yeah, approaching 30. I'm very scared of 30. Actually I used to be more scared and now I'm like kind of easing into it.
0: Yeah. Don't be scared at 24. I'm looking forward to 30 because I feel like when I'm, by the time I'm 30, like everything will be the way I want it to be by then. So I have high hopes for then. So you're just entering a new chapter. They say 30, sir better than your twenties because you have all the knowledge and the money or whatever with the new decade as opposed to like being young trying to figure it out. You know, your twenties are supposed to be your grind time. And then your 30s, obviously still grind time, but you have all that knowledge because obviously before your twenties you didn't have it.
1: Well, I'm starting to say 30 is the new twenty. I'm starting I'm, I'm hoping it's the new saying, 30 is the new twenty. So that when I turn thirty, everyone is saying it. And then I'm like, hell yeah, I'm actually like thirty is the new twenty so yeah that's what i'm promoting but like i remember being 24 because i'm 28 now so it's not like we're huge difference in age but like so when i was 24 i was actually legitimately scared of 30 because i was like oh shit i'm about to turn 25 and when i'm 25 i'm closer to 30 than i am to 20 and so i'm yeah. practically 30.
0: I, I do get scared sometimes but then i'm like age is just a number you know i actually like to surround myself around people that are older than me um and, if it's, you know, just in any kind of way, I feel like I can learn more from people that have been around longer. So I look up to people that are older than me.
1: Yeah. More so do, have you noticed they talk slower? Old people talk really slowly, whereas like young people talk really quick. It's so interesting because sometimes I'm like, can you just spit it out, please? But yeah, like,
0: probably, Yeah, probably because older people, they want to take the right time and give you the right knowledge and when you're younger you think you know everything and you want to tell someone that's older than you that you know everything when you don't know shit when you actually should be listening so it's like you know i think that's probably the case there
1: yeah i agree but i think we should talk to old people more often their their, their stories are so interesting like i was speaking to my to my babushka cuz i'm russian so i was speaking to her and
0: i was going to ask you her from cuz you definitely have an accent
1: well i was well i'm in australia right now so i was born in australia i'm first generation oh but um my my grandma she came here my mom and my my dad they were both born overseas um, but my grandma came here when she had a hundred dollars in her pocket a hundred bucks two kids and that's it couldn't speak English like she came here with nothing and she worked like factory jobs she was taking overtime like it, it was crazy her life has been a difficult life and just talking to her about her life is so. Interesting because it makes me really appreciate everything that we've got right now.
0: Yeah, that's you know, she definitely took one for the team, that's a classic story there. So you're in what part of Australia?
1: Melbourne. So we're uh, down south.
0: Nice. As an American, uh it's definitely I have dreams of coming over there to see like I want to say Perth, uh Sydney. Like I have dreams of coming to Australia one day. I'll, I'll definitely see myself coming on a tour one day. I have I have a good amount of fans over there, not a lot, but a you know good amount of people know who i am over there um so that's that's awesome i don't know where you're from so to be honest i thought maybe like the uk or something
1: nah well the thing is so i i very rarely tell people where i'm from in terms of i want everyone to assume that i'm near you somewhere for whatever reason i used to tell people i'm australian and then they wouldn't respond back in ig so i've just stopped doing it no nah, so that's it,
0: cool but the internet we're all neighbors you know what i'm saying the internet blurred the lines on a map
1: i agree but I also like the look on everyone's face when that, when I've got an accent, the surprise. Cuz everyone's yeah. like, "Hold on, man. You're not American, or you're not Canadian, or you're not whatever it is."
0: That's a cool thing. Um, I'm I'm Amer- a well, I'm I'm um, I was born in America and I'm mixed with Iranian and I guess American, like I have a whole side of the family that's Iranian. They're from Iran. Um, but I was born in Denson, Texas. And I was raised in Little Rock, Arkansas, so I'm like one of the people that are I'm putting on for Arkansas. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think a lot of people that they look at me and they're like white rapper, white rapper. I'm like I'm mixed. But if I if you want to call me a white rapper, if that if that's the box that you guys are putting me in, then sure I'll go with it. But I'm actually mixed. But I actually just carry myself as Alec. I don't really define things on race. But if we're getting technical, I'll tell you what I am. But, you know, people are going to judge you how they want to judge you. It just is what it is, especially if you're going to be a public figure or a celebrity of some extent, like they're always going to try to pick out. Like people, there's some people that don't necessarily take me serious as a rapper because I'm white or whatever, but I'm like, okay, but you know, I could do this really well. So it's like, you should be judging it. like Logic would say, you should be judging it by the rap and not the race. Cause that's the issue that he seems to have had throughout his career. People are judging him on his race, when he's actually one of the best rappers out here. And they're not even judging him by that. So it's like, people got it twisted, you know?
1: I think it goes both ways. I think the whole discussion is like, everybody should be just evaluated on who they are and what they bring. Yeah, the table.
0: Fine, not your bank account, not your race, but your character and how you treat other people. That's just how I feel.
1: And I also think, you know, the more diversity we have in, in every place, the better it is. Like, it's the best I love that I get to talk to people from different backgrounds different to my own I love that that's the best thing ever that's why I love hip-hop because people in hip-hop are completely different to me like yeah I don't want to talk to myself all day I do that already so like I want to talk to different people like I like that we're all different I like that we all have unique stories I like that we create Different music, we have different opinions. That makes us interesting, because otherwise, like man, it's cookie cutter shit, and it's like same shit, different day.
0: What's yeah, f- yeah? No, that's just what it is. You know, it gets it gets really agitating at times.
1: Well, man, the good news is that you are a good rapper. Let me say that. So, you are a good rapper. You do have potential, and obviously, you know, you're just starting out in your career, and there is you know, a lot of scope for you to continue to get better. I can't wait to see uh, what you do. And I can't wait to see how this album goes. Obviously, it just dropped. So everybody, please make sure you check it out. It's called All I Can Take. Uh, It's got 11 tracks. It's out on Spotify. I'm assuming iTunes as well. I think I saw SoundCloud as well.
0: Um, not SoundCloud. No, but it's on every, the main platforms I promote, which is be YouTube, Spotify, or Apple music. But the easiest way to find it is to click the link on my bio on my Instagram account, which is M-E-T-A-L-E-C-A-L-E-C. You know, like that's the easiest way. I'm always putting everything out front.
1: Metallic Alec obviously came through, but man, as I said, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Is there anything else you wanted to plug? Anything else you wanted to shout out? Now's, now's the time.
0: Uh, Just come follow your mans on Instagram at M-E-T-A-L-E-C, A-L-E-C, and just follow what I'm doing, you know? You don't have to care, but at least give me a chance to show you that my heart's in this and I really care about what I'm doing and I want to continue to grow and make better music and reach new levels, especially in Australia, you know, as an American, it's my dream to come over there. So let's make it happen, you know, just me and you.
1: (laughs) I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I can't wait for you to come down here. We can do this in person, but yeah. Yeah. Nah, everybody check him out. Obviously a large catalog of music, do what I did start with the early shit and see the evolution as an artist. Look, I'm not going to say you're going to fall in love with the early shit, but at least Uh. you're going to see that he's getting better. Like sometimes it's the journey that you see that makes you like an artist. So just bear with me, trust me on it. You'll see the journey, you'll see the development and from there you'll be a fan. So nah, man, as I said, pleasure to have you on the show and, uh, Thank you for for spending, like, what is it, evening for you right now? Afternoon for you? Yeah,
0: 6.57 p.m. here in Arkansas.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate you You're giving me the time and spending your evening. Hopefully now you can sit back, relax, and watch the streams just go up, up and up.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, bro.
1: No worries. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.